This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. It is ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. And welcome in today. It is a hump day Wednesday. Tanitra, yes. I don't know about you, but we're about halfway through the week. Man, I am ready to go. Man, yep. it was, uh, I'm feeling good today. Feeling real yeah. good today. It's a hump day for everybody else, but for me, it's a Hawks day. <laughs> yes, the Hawks will be taking on the Charlotte Hornets tonight. So we are super excited about that. It is the play-in tournament. Last night had a couple of games that are really, really uh, going to have some implications on who the Hawks play if they win tonight on Friday. So we will definitely get into all that. Obviously, we will preview that game in the next segment. But, you know, before, before we get there, I, want, I definitely want to thank you all for checking us out. Make sure you go and check out Locked On Sports Atlanta. We have a big old lineup. Yep, I said it like that. Big old lineup for you um, with A to Z to Mark Zeno. You know, of course, you can check us out, ATL Day Ones, and also Hitting Hard with John Chuck, with my boy, my main man. Uh, so, yeah, we got a big old lineup for you. And also check out our Braves postcast mm-hmm. with my main man, Grant McCarley, the Braves guru. Yep, I said it. That's what I'm calling him. That's what he is. Yeah, totally. But, but, so, team, the Atlanta Braves, they spanked the Nets. 16 to 4 last night. Bryce Elder makes his debut. Mm-hmm. He only gave up six hits, three earned runs, yes. and he struck out four and pitched five and two third innings. Not bad yes. for, for uh for, for the youngster, right? And not bad for a pitcher who was called up that morning. Now, granted, he got mm-hmm. the call the night before, but the official call-up was Tuesday morning. So just for a young guy to be one of only two players in the from the 2020 draft that are actually playing in the majors right now, the other being right. Spencer Ryder. So literally, or two of the five. Yeah, so you're looking at the Braves having that much success with members of their 2020 draft class really coming and delivering, of course, Spencer Strider and relief these last couple of days and Bryce Elder huge yesterday. And one of the things that I noticed and that I heard Brian Snicker talk about as well was the command and the control. So you yeah. have so many guys right now who are about the, the speed and just hurling it and just got to get it up to 100 miles an hour and that sort of thing. But with right. him, not to say he doesn't have the speed, but there was just that control both in the actual pitching and even in his uh, poise and everything when he got in trouble early settled down and got himself out of that so I think that for me it was really encouraging to see what he was able to do it was just a a pleasant surprise last night along with the bats coming alive for the Braves and actually giving the Nats a dose of their own medicine from the night before no doubt about it. And to kind of add to what you were talking about with Bryce Elder, I, I think that I like the fact how Brian Snicker handled it when he got into a little trouble in the sixth inning. You know, he was like, all right, gave up back-to-back home runs. Yeah, Josh Bell and Juan Soto. Yeah, it's time to get up out of there. Let's go ahead and uh, fix that situation right now and yeah. go ahead and fix that and get him out of there because, you know, mm-hmm. he gave you exactly what you, what you, what you can ask for in today's baseball game. You know, you don't ask the guys to give you seven – seven or eight innings or complete games anymore. So you give mm-hmm. at least five or six, 
you yeah. know, I, I think you're doing pretty well. Um, you're talking about from a guy who just drafted into the MLB two years ago. So yeah. that was solid. And also got to give a shout out to the bats, like you mentioned. Ozzy Albies at mm-hmm. the top of the order, which we talked about yesterday, being at the top of the lineup, that is so key for him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he went three for five, had three RBIs with a walk. So that's what you asked for with your leadoff guy, that production and, yeah. and getting it done at the top of the order. And then seeing last night that the bottom of the order was actually coming through as well. Yeah. We've all been waiting, mm-hmm. looking, anticipating, when are we going to see Swanson breakthrough and Dansby yes. Swanson? finally broke through so it was yeah. really good to see him get a hit every brave got a hit last night so it was just good to see them get back but in particular him and you especially want to see those bats start to come alive and even see, give the pitching staff an opportunity to get some rest by taking elder through five and two-thirds because you're about to go on the road and you're going right. to be challenged by the likes of the padres and the dodgers so you want to make sure that your offense is running on all cylinders and you also want to make sure that your pitching staff is well rested including your bullpen so that you are prepared for what you're about to go through with 14 straight days of games and this road trip to the west coast to boot yeah you know they and as we know that uh, they will be finishing out the series today <laughs> you know with, with the businessman's yes. uh calling i forgot whatever they call it um, yeah man. yeah <laughs> a daytime the businessman special, <laughs> business special. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they will be finishing out the series so hopefully the brace can go ahead and close out this bad boy with a dub yes we will appreciate that up at truest park so but t um the atlanta falcons they're making a little noise um the one thing i thought has been really interesting when it comes to the Atlanta Falcons and how they've handled free agency is that mm-hmm. when you just go through and look at the list of transactions, and I look through the transactions, I'm just like, man, one year, one year, one year, one year, two year, one year, one year, one year, two year, one year, one year, one year, two year. I was like, oh yeah. my God, I'm making a song over here, <laughs> you know, trying to figure out, you know, what the, who the break, man, not the Braves, but the Falcons mm-hmm. have signed. And I just think that they continue that trend with signing a tight end, Anthony Furster. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a one-year one deal. Um, he's yeah. a former Titan, got some familiarity with Marcus Mariota. Mm-hmm. So it kind of makes sense, right? Arthur Smith knows who he is. He's yeah. the guy calling the plays. Why not bring the guy in, right? Right, especially when you look at losing a tight end like Lee Smith, who prided himself in being a blocking tight end and there not so much worried about his catches. This is another guy in Ferkser who is – comfortable and confident and okay with being a blocking tight end and that's absolutely what you need if you want to get that run game going a little bit better than what you saw last year or even uh you know spring a a receiver for him to be able to get a big gain so yeah i kind of like it and i also like all of these one-year deals because hey if it doesn't work out we part ways with you and that's just more money under the salary cap for next year for the falcons to be able to do some things and really go after some free agents or even some draft picks that they want to go after who can be a part of the, what what did we call it? We'll call it the reconstruction process. Look, can we just call it a rebuild? That's what it is. <laughs> oh, it mean, could be funny. Yeah, I like being funny. Yeah, the reconstruction process. Uh-huh. The other reword. We're going right. to use the other reword. We're not going to use the other reword on, on, mm-hmm. on this show. On ATL, <laughs> <laughs> so, so hopefully, you know, the Falcons will continue to build this thing out. We know mm-hmm. that we have the NFL draft coming up, and we got a little something special for y'all that we're going to be doing yes. as we count down to the NFL draft because you know how I get down, T. 
I love me some NFL draft. I'm about to start diving into the tape, as they say, uh, when it comes to uh, who the Falcons may pick. Mm-hmm. We got some mm-hmm. really special stuff we're going to be um, running through, running by y'all in the next uh, couple of weeks or so. Yes. All right. Lastly, JT Daniels, a guy that, you know, I've always kind of, I've not kind of, I've advocated for JT Daniels to be mm-hmm. the starting quarterback for the Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah. You know, we got G Day coming up on Saturday as well. Yep. So, uh, JT Daniels has found a home. He will be transferring to West Virginia, where head coach Neil Brown has been there since 2019. Mm -hmm. Um, He's been holding down. He's an offensive guru type guy. So Mm -hmm. JT Daniels will end his career with the West Virginia Mountaineers, too. Wow. And good for him. And that was one of the top schools that we kept hearing once he entered the transfer portal. So no surprise that he lands at West Virginia. It just seemed like it was more of a when not an if so hey he he was serviceable while he was serviceable for georgia now he's moved on for his final year of his collegiate career and listen that just like you said uh before many people were advocating for jt daniels some were some were advocating for stetson bennett but i think going into this year it's his job to lose and it was always going to be his job to lose, even though there are some four and five stars behind him, like Vandegrift and Beck. And, uh, you know, so they're they're going to definitely give him a run for his money. But that is truly Stetson Bennett's job to lose. So, again, congratulations to JT Daniels. Hope that he has an excellent final year of his collegiate career. Likewise. But I'm also interested Likewise. to see now that that chapter has truly been closed, closed. And we have G-Day this weekend. Not that uh, the dogs are going to show us anything special. Obviously, yeah. it's going to be vanilla. But we will have an opportunity, I assume, to see a Vandegrift or Brock and kind of see what they're working with, what the what tools they have in the toolbox. Yeah, I like. I got a chance to see uh, Vandegrift do, oh. put in a little work last year in the spring in the spring game. I like what he's a, he's a risk taker now. He's a gunslinger. So yes, almost Brett Favre. Like I don't want to put that tag on him just yet, but. <laughs> I got after I got my eyes on the last show, I was like, oh, I like, I like what this guy is. Maybe a, a younger, better version of Stetson Bennett. You know, I'm always yeah. up for that type of stuff. But uh, anyway, <laughs> the Georgia Bulldogs, like I said, will be we having their spring game on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you want to check that out, most definitely do. We got some locked on Bulldogs guys that we're going to be bringing on to. Hopefully, yeah, want to talk about it so we can chop it up. Yeah, but coming up next, T. The stage is set. The lights are going to be on. They're going to be bright. Is Trey Young ready to go over on those lights? Because we know what he's done in the past. We shall see if he'll be ready for tonight for the old LaMelo Ball and company. That's coming up next. We'll talk about it. Don't go anywhere. It's ATL Day 1's Jarvis T. Welcome back to ATL Day Ones. I'm Tanitra, that's Jarvis, and we appreciate you guys coming back to rock with us to talk Hawks. And you can always listen to us on any audio platform out there. We are there. And also you can check us out on YouTube. So give us a follow, give us a like, and definitely subscribe to our channel so that you can not only get Daily Dose, of ATL Day Ones, but you can also get a daily dose of everyone who is in the Locked On Sports Atlanta network. So check us out. We appreciate you checking us out so far and sticking with us in our inaugural run for the podcast. 
but let's get to it. Let's get to yeah. it. Like I said, for everybody else, this is hump day. For me, this is Hawks day because the yes. day finally arrived for this play-in tournament that it was teeter-tottering up and down, back and forth. Would they get into the postseason straight away or would they have to play themselves into the postseason? So obviously they will have to play themselves into the playoffs. But in order to get there, they've got to get take care of business and get it done tonight at State Farm Arena against the Hornets. Now, if they do, they'll get to run it back on Friday in Cleveland against the Cavs. So before we talk Hawks, let's talk about the first round of the first round of the play-in, which happened yeah. last night, which is how the Hawks at least know if they win, they'll play the Cavs. Nets, Cavs in Brooklyn last night, and KD and Kyrie just absolutely put on a clinic. Now, don't get me wrong. The Cavs and Darius Garland battled back to within about six points late in the game. But then again, K KD and Kyrie really just took over that game and showed you why whoever uh, then showed you why they're going to get to the playoffs and they're going to be a formidable opponent for the Celtics, of course, beating the Cavs last night, 115 to uh, 108. Yeah, that's that's the thing that you that had me concerned, right? That's why I kind of. That's why I said I was like, all right, if the Hawks are going to be in this play-in tournament, right, you know, the best thing for them is to be at home mm -hmm. and have the opportunity to play the loser of last night's game, which is going to be the Cleveland Cavaliers. And mm -hmm. I think that kind of sets them up for a team that they can beat if they mm -hmm. have to go on the road. You know, they haven't been that – haven't played that well on the road this, this year. Uh, I, I think that if you're going to have to – in a must-win game, going on the road, I think the best bet for them was to go up against a team like the Cleveland Cavaliers, who kind of still dealing with some injuries and still mm -hmm. has some knickknacks here and there. But I, I think that I think the Hawks are are the better team, and I think that it's set. This is a nice setup for them to kind of move forward and actually get into the actual playoffs. Yeah, yeah, and they've done it three times against the Cavs in the regular season, so we're all certainly confident that they can get it done again. And they've done it on the road. So good good for them. And also the Western Conference playing game last night was a little bit of a shocker for some because many thought that the Clippers were going to kind of run away with it. And the Timberwolves and our own Anthony Edwards said otherwise. And that was with Carl Anthony Towns in foul trouble for just about that entire game. But really Ant-Man took over 30 points last night and they were able to get the 109-104 win over the Clippers and move on to the next round themselves. And you think when you think about it, though, like, I'm not surprised because mm -hmm. here, here's the thing with, with Anthony Edwards, right? You know, coming out in that draft, a lot of people will talk about, well, we don't know who's going to be the best player to this draft. And yeah. we don't know who the number one pick is going to be. I'm right. like, you sitting up here looking at how he performed in, at Georgia mm -hmm. with who, who he had as his head coach. You're yes. going to sit up here and question what he, his capabilities are based off of the results from him being at Georgia, mm -hmm. <laughs> not playing football, playing basketball for the Georgia Bulldogs. No. Yeah. Ant-Man was the clear ahead and above anybody as far mm -hmm. in that draft. And, I, and yeah. I think that I am not surprised by what he's doing or what he did last night. Mm -hmm. And I mm -hmm. think that he just has a certain type of mentality that you can't buy, you can't purchase, and you just have to have it. You know, you yeah. have it or you don't. And he has it. He has that it factor. 
from a personality standpoint, when you put a microphone in front of his face, mm-hmm. everybody's trying to figure out, okay, what is this dude going to say? Minnesota Timberwolves have a, they have a jewel. Mm-hmm. They'll be able to keep him in the future. But, and I think that, you know, I'm not surprised that they were able to pull that thing out against the uh, Clippers last night. Yeah, unless of course he wants to come home, then there's that. But uh, <laughs> but we, 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 we but, always yeah, got a we got a place for you, baby. Don't yeah, worry about that. Come home, <laughs> always come home. But yeah, he definitely <laughs> showed how his game has evolved. You know, he's far more than just a guy who can dunk or get it done on the inside. He is somebody who has perfected his mid-range jumper and really even improved his perimeter shooting. So yeah, he's, and he's going to need it. They're going to need all their guns against the Grizzlies because John Morant and that crew, they're actually very healthy going into the playoffs. So, and they showed you for a four or six game clip or stretch what they could do without John Morant. So going to be a very interesting matchup between the two and seven seeds um, in the West. Now you get to tonight. And of course, You've got the nightcap, which is the Pelicans Spurs, but the real show tonight is Hawks Hornets. These teams, even though the Hawks have now moved up, when we talked about this yesterday, they were at four and a half um, on the spread, but now it's five and a half. So Mm -hmm. yeah, uh, there, there's seemingly some confidence in Vegas that they're going to get this thing done, but these teams are very, very evenly matched. These are both, these are two teams who are both very proficient in their three-point percentages, Hawks third, you know, Hornets sixth. These are two teams who uh, they literally both, I'm going to try to say this nicely, they both focus on offense. Defense wouldn't be exactly their strong suit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a nice way yeah. of putting that. Yeah, defense you know, wouldn't they don't play exactly defense that their well. strong, yeah. strong suits. And whereas you. the Hawks <laughs> are among the leaders in the league in protecting the ball, the Hornets are among the leaders in the league of getting you to turn the ball over. So I feel like there are a couple things we want to talk about in terms of how the Hawks get this done tonight. And when I look at them being so evenly matched up in those three areas, the next question, the logical question is, well, what gives the Hawks the edge? Two words, Trey Young. Trey Young is the best person, will be the best person on that basketball court tonight. And when you have that best player on the basketball court, no matter how evenly matched you are with your opponent, you always get the edge. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think that, like you said, we've been continuously drilling down the fact that the Hawks, Trey Young has figured out a way to play with what he has right now. Yes. And what I mean when I say that is that that's without John Collins. Mm-hmm. You know, he was been officially ruled out um, earlier on um, before we um, it's recording. I think that he's a guy that Trey has just really gotten into a, a good rhythm with his bigs. And I think mm-hmm. that that's where the Hawks have the advantage, right? Down low. I think yes. Quint Capella and Ayaka Okonkwo are going to be huge tonight mm-hmm. for this game. Yes. Um, because I think that if they can get into a rhythm with that pick and roll, when, mm-hmm. when Ayaka is in there with Trey yes. and starting to get that offense going and, and, and getting those guys to happen to choose between, okay, do I back off? And try mm-hmm. to stop the lob, or do I come up and try to, you know, guard the three point? And what mm-hmm. and the thing that I love that Trey has added to this game, and not, mm-hmm. a lot of people have been kind of harping on this, is that mid range jumper. Mm-hmm. It's there a hundred percent of the time mm-hmm. because, like you said, people are trying to play the lob and they don't want to come out too far, right? And, and kind of, you know, give up the penetration. So mm-hmm. 
teams are going to give him that mid-range, and he's yes. been consistently hitting that thing this year. So I think that Trey is, is the key. He's the master key to the Hawks' success tonight and going mm -hmm. forward. Yeah, he definitely is. And he's one who, even with the Hornets being known to have an up-tempo pace, they play a lot of small ball, and that's really how they've been able to get it done. Ultimately speaking, he is the, the difference maker. But before we wrap up, one question for you, and mm -hmm. give me a quick 30 seconds on why. I'll tell you my answer, and I'll give you my why, and then we're going to wrap it up and get you guys to for the culture. But who is your X factor for the Hawks tonight? Both. Bogdan Bogdanovich. I think in order for them to, he's the leader of the bench mob, right? He's the leader. He's the guy that gets the gets it going on offense uh, on that second in that second unit. And I think that Bowie is is the key. He has to get get it going, get that shot going because if he does, it, it might be lights out for the Hornets. Yeah, yeah. Because when the Hawks have their three ball going. It, like you said, it's lights out. But my X factor is actually DeAndre Hunter. DeAndre mm, had he's been coming that's on strong these last couple of games, particularly uh, for the the Rockets game to end the season. Had 22 points, but in the two games he played against the Hornets, one of those games he was the leading scorer, and his the rebounds were somewhere between like five and seven. Good number of assists as well. And so if he's got his two way game going tonight. If he can give the Hawks an additional presence on the wing, because we've always said we thought he was our best wing defender. So if right. that guy could show up and just disrupt LaMelo ball, but particularly when he tries to you know, get into his rhythm from deep and particularly Miles Bridges, then they're good to go. And that's really all the bigs because Onyeka has been in a lot of foul trouble of late as well. Gallo yeah. had a couple of uh, brushes there as well, but yeah, my X factor for tonight is DeAndre Hunter. If he has a great two-way game, then I feel confident that the Hawks can get this done. Now, when we come back, it's for the culture. We've got some interesting stories for you tonight, you know, or one of the things today, or rather one of the topics that has been interesting, debated a lot since this came into inception in the NCAA is the NIL. And what is it that can be done? How do you police it? How do you make sure that it is fair and equitable? So we're going to talk about what one school was able to do to try to make it fair and equitable for all. It's ATL Day Ones, Jarvis, Tanitra, come back and join us and we'll talk for the culture. Day Ones with Jarvis and she's Tanitra. You see that smile? That's definitely Tanitra and not Jarvis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we want to welcome you back into the show. Uh, we have the For the Culture coming up segment coming up for you where we just kind of talk about things that deal with us mm -hmm. and it may have an effect on you. Pop culture, sports, relationships, and love. We thank y'all for all the good feedback for that Cam News segment. Go ahead and check it out. You know how you can check it out? Go to Locked On Sports Atlanta the YouTube page, and like and subscribe. Turn on the notifications, too. That's very key. Yes. Make sure you turn on the notifications. I know I turn off my notifications for a lot of stuff, but you better not turn it off for Locked On Sports Atlanta. We got a yes. big old lineup for you, whether it be our show, ATL Day Ones, A to Z with Mark Zeno, Hitting Hard with Chuck and Chuckery. Also, after the Braves game, you're trying to get your fix, get your Braves yes. fix, go holler at my boy, Grant McCauley, the Braves Guru T. Now, we know how 
people have been inflamed about the NIL deals, whether yeah. they're all on board or they're mm-hmm. all against it. It seems like Dabo Sweeney wants to keep running his mouth about it for some odd reason. I don't yeah. understand. He just can't shit up about NIL. It's here and it's not going anywhere. Nope. And you know, one of the main reasons why I think it's not going anywhere, and I think it's great for college football, mm-hmm. because Alabama State has partnered with Icon Suite. And mm-hmm. just for those you don't know, Icon Suite is a full service system where it, it may it essentially connects athletes to you know the um, NIL deals with agents, yeah. and also it helps the school compliance um, committee. Make sure there there's no funny business going on. Making sure there there's no issues or no stuff that can get the school in trouble or the athlete. So right. essentially, it's kind of like a one stop shop mm-hmm. where it, it partners people um, businesses with the students that you know are part of their demographic. And I and I think this that is something that's amazing. And obviously, and also this is. The first HBCU to adopt this type mm-hmm. of software. So yeah. Alabama State out here making some noise, and also they're gonna help their kids get some money. Because at the end of the day, that's what it is. It's about mm-hmm. make sure they are doing what they're supposed to do, yes. and also um, putting some money in their pockets so they can be able to sustain themselves and have right. a, uh, not have to worry about those financial concerns that you sometimes athletes from HBCUs have to worry about. Yes. And one of the things you like about this particular deal as well is that it's an opportunity not only for student athletes, quote, but for our department as a whole. That was what their AD shared. And he said partnering with Icon Source will open doors for everyone associated with Alabama State University Athletics. And I like that because he said everyone. And one of the things that I know sometimes I even am um, you can convict me of is thinking about the NIL and, and thinking football. Right. Right. But right. There, yeah. there are so many other sports at each and every school that contribute to the overall athletics program. So for the AD to point out that this is going to be something that's good for that entire program. I, yeah. You know what it reminds me of? Although this is NIL related, it reminds me of when you hear someone like an Eddie George talk about being the coach for Tennessee State and that being winning for not just TSU, but that being winning for that entire program or Deion Sanders, Coach Deion Sanders saying the same thing about Jackson State. So I really love that this is an opportunity that's been presented by to HBCUs for HBCUs. And I think it's going to be great that it's, it's a great starting point. And hopefully if they get it right, which it looks like they have a good foundation, this can be something that's a bit of a template or a blueprint for other schools to adopt. Right, and and that's that's the key right there because and when, and and, when, and for those who don't know, as far as how the HBCU structure goes, when, especially when it comes to the athletic department, mm-hmm. you know how at these PWIs, like predominantly white institutions, yes, you know, for my people in Dunwoody, I, I think that there's are there are you have to look at it differently because at the PWIs, uh-huh. the the football team is is its own entity, right? Yes. Most of the time, the all a good percentage of the money that they bring in, they get to keep. Yes. Not so much for HBCUs. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why I say it's a team thing. Yeah. Like it's an athletic department, not necessarily the football team. I yeah. like I love how you brought that up because it's uh, you know, the money that the football team brings in, that's gonna help out the softball team. Mm-hmm. It might help them buy their championship rings because yeah. I've you know been a part of that or been in a situation where 
you know, having some conversations with our volleyball team when I was in college. I'm just like, oh, yeah, we didn't get rings last year. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. How? <laughs> you know, like, you got to bring in some money, right? You got to have the money to go out and do that. So I absolutely love this, this setup. I love the structure um, that Icon and Alabama State you know, mm-hmm. coming to this agreement, I think it's something that is, is, is a beautiful thing. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, and like you said, hopefully there are other HBCUs start mm-hmm. to adopt this model because we know they don't have that compliance committee is probably not as big as, you know, the Georgias and the Alabamas of the world. Mm-hmm. So, hey, any, anybody that anyone that can help facilitate and yeah. monitor yeah. that type of thing without having to hire somebody to come and do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. more power to them. It, it, it's just a, it's a win-win for both parties. Win-win, indeed. So when you um think about this, T, <clears throat> you know, I'm I'm gonna throw something out here at you because okay. I you know I was doing my little Facebook scroll because you know how sometimes you come across ads and everything like yeah. that. And, you know, you got to be careful on Facebook sometimes yes. because you don't know <laughs> what's fake, fake news, right. and all that good stuff going down. You know, Zuckerberg taking all the money. He don't care. He ain't trying to decipher whether or not something's real or not, but. I just had to bring this up because I just thought it was just very interesting. Okay. <laughs> Let me know what comes to your mind okay. when I say dishwasher safe toilet seat. What's the first thing that pops in your head? <sighs> One of these things is doing its own thing. One of these things is not the same. <laughs> They're just like, they just don't go together. That's like oil and water. I mean, and I like a clean toilet. Oh my God. Right, I mean, of course. Yeah. No doubt, yeah I no was doubt. literally just complaining about that this morning to my right. management at this uh at my community, right? Like, yeah, right. you guys could have done a better job, you know, in the bathroom and in the kitchen with your cleaning. So I'm about that clean. I'm about that cleanliness. I just don't know that I want my commode seat. And mm-hmm. my bowl for my cereal mm-hmm. in the same space. My fork. That's just my me. fork. Yeah. My spoon. Yeah. My spoon. Yeah. My, yeah. No. A knife. Yeah. No. Like no. I, I the pot that I put my red beans and rice in. No. Yeah. I got my hind parts on this seat, and yeah. I got my mouth on this spoon. Yes. I got it. That, These that, things that, don't go. That, yeah. They that don't. just don't. That just don't, don't go. go. So mm-hmm. yeah. So it's safe to say that oh. ATL Day Warmers, which you can catch on Locked On Sports Atlanta, like and subscribe, follow us on all audio platforms, that we will not, I repeat, we will not be purchasing dishwasher safe toilet seats to use in our house. It's not going down out here in East Bumble where I live, and it's definitely not going on down there on the south side where you live, T. And I just don't understand, like, like, how would you even... Yeah, right. Like, because you got I the mean, little, very the you know the sl- the slots are very small. Like when you do right, cook, yeah, yeah, and maybe exactly, you're yeah. trying to get some of your pots in there, knowing you can't get them all in there. But when you try to do that, or if you put too many plates in there, sometimes it's like, oh gosh, the dishwasher is just not capable of it. And then you've got the spacing between the top shelf where you put the glasses and the lower shelf, and you're looking at it. And hey, look, if you want to even get technical, like okay the top of your commode is it round is it yeah. oval because yeah. we have that too we've got all kinds yeah, of shapes yeah. and then you got the wood you got plastic i mean which ones are actually dishwasher safe so yeah see doing the most 
that's when we get into doing the most territory. Right there. Yeah, we don't do the most here on for the culture on ATL Day Ones because no. no, we're here for you. We're here for you, and we will definitely be back tomorrow. We will be talking about our Hawks win, yes. hopefully. Trey yes. Young hooping, balling that State Farm Arena, yeah. trying to get that thing done to get on to the uh, next part of the play-in tournament, and then they will get into the playoffs. Man, this is just so difficult. Crazy, but but you know when you think about it, hey, they weren't they weren't a part of they wouldn't have been a part of the playoffs if this didn't exist. So hey, yeah, well, that's, I'll, that's take, I'll take I'll take it at the end of the day. Yeah, I said I'm not a play-in fan at all. Did not watch the play-in round last season, but guess what? And didn't wasn't a fan of it. But this year, because that's the only way <laughs> that the Hawks have a path to the playoffs. We love the play-in round. It's great. Yeah, and, yeah, and actually, good. this year, at least the first two games on Tuesday were actually pretty compelling games. So it, that yeah. that was actually good basketball that we saw last night. And hopefully we'll see two good games again tonight. All right, Sister T, go ahead and give him that benediction so we can get out of here. Well, the only thing I want you to do is pray that we have this beautiful weather that sticks around for a minute. And does not go schizophrenic on us. Hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold. And go on and put your hawks on your prayer list. Go on. Go in your prayer closet. Do what you got to do. Because we need a dub tonight. And go be great. We'll see y'all tomorrow.